Hey y'all, welcome to the Anxiety Warriors podcast. We are your hosts, Margo and Abby. We are friends, teachers, and storytellers, but above all, we're anxiety warriors on a mission to raise awareness and understanding about anxiety and mental health. You will hear honest, engaging, and joyful stories from us and many other anxiety warriors about living with anxiety. If you're seeking a space to laugh, connect, feel inspired and empowered, and learn valuable tips rooted in mindfulness and more, your warrior community is here for you. Join us as we navigate this journey of life together. Welcome warriors. Another episode coming at you today. We had the pleasure, the honor, the privilege of chatting with an amazing guest, Romina Kepper. And before Abby hops into her recap, let me let you all know a little bit about who Romy is. Romy Kepper makes custom charcuterie boards, but for teachers, AKA char teachery. Her boards are filled with school supplies, decorative items, and tasty treats. As an educator, she feels she has a great insight into the products best loved in a classroom or therapy room. All school staff and faculty deserve to be appreciated, and it's Romy's mission to make that happen. This past summer, she celebrated one year as a small business owner and has gifted boards to teachers all across the country. She's also been able to donate several raffle items and host giveaways for followers, which brings her tremendous joy. The ability to give back and support others in the process is always such a beautiful moment. Please go follow Romy at Chartichery on Instagram. And um, you can also visit her website, chartichery.com. All right, Abby, let's hear about this chat. Yeah. First of all, I love the wordplay. I just love it. I know, right? Yeah. Who doesn't love a charcuterie? I, mean, I know. Like, I want meat and cheese right now. <laughs> I know. But a Chartichery, like, so chef's kiss. <laughs> yes. That's a perfect way to say it. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> So good. Um, so Romy starts by sharing how, like, again, just like us, didn't have the language for anxiety. Um, and in hindsight, realizes that she started to first notice anxiety um, around the age of five when she started going to school. She recalls feeling physically sick, not wanting to go to school. And this followed her into her adulthood, uh, showing up in many different ways, such as fear of the unknown, negative self-talk, even sleep anxiety. She shares how things have changed ever since she got the language and the understanding of what her experience was, which is anxiety. And she shares a ton of helpful tips and ways of coping with the experience of anxiety. It, you know, it just really stuck with me how much she really shares about like changing the narrative throughout and being able to view her experiences with anxiety through a different lens and sometimes even like a more playful lens. Mm -hmm. um, this was just such a, just a, a like, great conversation it's just always such a joy connecting with other warriors and and even though we all have very different experiences with anxiety it again it's just as like makes us feel less alone in our journey when we get to talk with others yes 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 Romy is a warrior badass and we cannot wait for you our warrior fam to hear from her so without further ado here's the show Welcome, Warriors. Yay! We are joined today by an amazing guest. Romy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. We are so glad that you're here joining our Warrior fam. I yes. don't know about you, but I always, well, I, I won't speak for Abby, but whenever I meet a new anxiety warrior, I feel really excited. Yes. <laughs> Just someone else to like 
commiserate with, to relate my own experience with, to learn from. Um, and so we're so glad you're here. And let's just dive right into your journey. Tell us a little bit about how anxiety shows up for you or shows up, <laughs> maybe not for you. I've been saying that a lot lately. Yeah. Sometimes it shows up I like for how you, us. How you said you always <laughs> like meeting someone who's an anxiety warrior because even though you're told and you hear you're not alone, sometimes you forget. And so it's always mm -hmm. nice to hear it. So thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying oh. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, I would say anxiety showed up early. And at the time, you don't know. Uh, for me, I didn't know. I, I would say probably started when I was five in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. um, I can distinctly remember ev probably every day for the first month of school, um, getting physically sick and not wanting to leave my mom. Mm -hmm. And I know that's common with a lot of kids transitioning uh, after being home all day with mom for years, but if it was really prevalent and every day she was like, all right, here's some tissues, have a good day, you're fine. <laughs> and eventually um, I was, but the not knowing, the fear of the future, what's going on, uh, feeling weird, what's wrong with me, and that doubt and self-talk uh so probably from then yeah um everything you're saying is so relatable I'm like taking notes like the the yeah. not knowing the feeling weird like the what's wrong with me it's like that was like a narrative for like so much of my life until I started to understand like anxiety and ADHD so I I feel you so much in that mm -hmm. um so, so I have like a few questions, but the first one is, so it sounds like, and I totally agree. Like so many kids go through separation anxiety, like every anxiety has its own special flavor name, right? Separation anxiety, social anxiety. Um, do, do you notice any of that kind of anxiety now? Like not social anxiety, but like the separation of like people you care about. Uh, not so much the separation and more it's more for the the of the fear of the unknown that's like a big one for me okay the fear of the unknown the well what happens if this because in the past this has happened and I'm gonna feel x or so and so said this to me what's gonna happen again um and guilt and the self the negative self-talk and not giving myself the grace uh, I would say is what I'm dealing with now, but it's so much different now in a good way. Thankfully, you know, in the late eighties, um, uh, eighties babies too, you're safe here. <laughs> there wasn't yeah. any podcasts or there weren't, um, the way it's discussed now in school, which is wonderful. You know, you did the best you could at the time, but it's definitely, uh, different in a great way. Yeah. So, so when did you realize like Margo and I always share like our origin story of, cause we, we didn't have the word anxiety, right? We just knew like, oh, I felt awful or I was sweaty or I was biting my nail, you know, like all those things. So like nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, no, this is different than nerves. Right. Like, so when did you realize like, oh, what, what I'm experiencing is anxiety? Uh, I would say I, talking about it and really establishing what it is in comparison to what it isn't um probably my mid 30s mm -hmm. wow so now so the last so two three years yeah definitely. it's so common I feel like so many people we talk to share the same thing like for me it was you know my late teens for Abby it was around the same time right now but like around college early 20s um, early 20s right and 
which at the time I was like, wow, it took me so many years to get here. Right. And I'm just trying to imagine that if I'd learned only in my, like my last decade of my life, like how different my life would have been too. So I say that to myself a lot. I yeah. knew I was anxious then too, no, looking back, reflecting, but right. I didn't know how to express it and how to be aware of it as I am now. So I have a question for you. You mentioned like half jokingly a moment ago, where it's like your mom said, oh, here's some tissues and you're fine. Right. And since you only kind of just figured out that your experience was anxiety in the last few years, um, what did other people in your life, maybe, maybe your family of origin, or maybe just people in general that have, um, that are part of your life, how did they respond to your well, I won't say anxiety because you didn't know it was that until recently or more recently. So like, what was their typical response? Like, you know, how did, did you feel like you were supported? Or did you really feel like you were just like alone, like trying to navigate everything that was scary by yourself? Um, I would say I was supported, definitely loved and taken care of. However, there was a lot going on with other family members and health wise and things. So I think obviously you do the best you can in the situation at the time with what you know and I'm very grateful for my um, parents but it may be and we've talked about it openly with each other at the time it would have been nice if maybe someone said you know I'm noticing uh, Romina is a little extra upset around this time of the year or I'm noticing she's really quiet when this happens maybe um, let's check in with her or maybe she could talk to someone at school um, I mean, coulda, shoulda, woulda, you don't know what you know, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the, the emotional checking in as opposed to just the, oh, here's a gift or we're going to do this. Um, she said, buy something or eat. That's a big thing in our culture, Italian culture. You're sad, eat something. Oh, you're just hungry. Oh, you're, you're nervous. Well, it's cause you didn't eat enough or <laughs> something like that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel that way too. It's like, Oh, what if they had acknowledged it earlier or said she should talk to someone. But, but what I remember in elementary school, middle school, high school was like, I feel like even the therapist didn't know. Right. Like I remember my friends having a variety of different challenges, like home challenges or anxiety or whatever. And like the the narrative around that time in the 80s and 90s was like, kids are resilient, right? Like they're fine. Fine. They'll, fine. They'll, they'll, yes. Yeah. When I was your age, Shake I was off. doing this. Yeah. Yes. Shake honestly, it off. and I'll and I'll honestly say this without uh shame. I probably didn't even know there were therapists in schools or what therapy was way later on until you know teens and adulthood. Yeah. Um I am a speech pathologist myself, and I could tell you a lot of the students don't know who I am. They just see me. I yeah. had no idea before I went into my career that there was a therapist, a social worker, a counselor in the school servicing these children and for what they were working on. I knew a guidance counselor in high school, but that was like the extent of the therapeutic part of it. Right. Right. I'm so with you on that. I only Same. actually knew like our high school had a therapist when they were suggesting one of my friends see the therapist in the high school. And I was like, oh, 
we have a therapist, right? And then her dad was so anti it. I was like, oh, this must be bad, right? Yes. Like there must What's be wrong something- with you. What happened? Yes. <laughs> right. Or like, there's nothing wrong, right? It's like everyone associated um, the idea of sitting down and talking to an objective person with, you know, a degree and years of expertise and experience that it was like, oh no, don't be crazy. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to a person about what's going on with your mental health or I'm, what, what the hell was mental health then too, right? right? Like right. a phrase never used in our childhoods, never. Um, nope. You're not going to be my crazy daughter. You're not going to be my crazy person. Not like, in my house. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that wasn't even the narrative that my parents had verbalized to me, but like, I could imagine that a lot of our peers or grew up around that time. That was the narrative for our parents, mm-hmm. you know, like it is what it they is. They didn't get there. Yes, can. It is what it is. I feel like I'm talking to my aunt or my grandma, right? It is what it is. It is what it is. We do the best we can and that's it. Yeah, It's about surviving. And that's okay, but now we know better so we can do better, hopefully. Yes. Exactly. It's so good. I never really thought about how little I knew about the support services in school until you just said it, Romina, because I just because, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense that I was like, oh yeah, I never once thought about those people. It's like, I had my guidance counselor in high school that like helped me pick my classes for college. Like it was like, what classes do you want to take next year? That was all the guidance that apparently we were given. Unless yeah. that, unless we really showed up with like certain behaviors or right, or things that get ostracized about different kids. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about behaviors for a second. Talk to us more about the ways that you notice anxiety manifesting in you in terms of your body, your mind, and your behavior patterns, whether it be from childhood anxiety or how it affects you now, like what are some of the physical symptoms that show up? Uh, For me, when I'm really anxious, it's uh, like someone stepping on my chest, like a real tightness, like, oh, I might die today. (laughs) That's Mm. like the more severe end of it. Um, And then- most of the time it's stomach issues prevalent for the most part, I would definitely say sleeping, the sleeping issues, the restless thoughts, the, oh my gosh, this is going to happen if I don't do this and not being able to fall asleep or stay asleep and then being anxious. Oh my God, I only slept this amount of hours. How am I going to function? Or I have this to do tomorrow and I didn't get to sleep. And then that makes me physically sick. Uh, the, Um, so that's what I would say are the behaviors now. Yeah. So, so I have a question because Margo and I have done an episode on sleeping. No, we've done like two on sleep anxiety and we can very much relate to that hard time falling asleep, staying asleep, watching, like having insomnia and watching the time like go by and then being like, oh my God, my day is going to be so awful. Like, and all that. So, so my question is, um, how does lack of sleep then impact you? Like when you are having sleep challenges the night before, how is it the next day for you? Uh, it depends on the day. Some days I can handle it better. Some days are really rough. Um, I'll be sick or I'll have to take a sick day. I try not to obviously, cause you can't and you have to do work and you have to function. But, um, I think reiterating to myself just because it happened last night doesn't mean it's going to happen again today, changing the narrative and the taking the shame and the guilt off of it. Yes. And knowing Mm -hmm. that you're strong, you'll get through it. 
It happened before. It'll happen again. And you'll get through it. And a weighted blanket. That. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we I get love that. Life changing. Life changing. Yes. I love that you, you went into like, Hey, I can change my, my way of thinking in that mm-hmm. moment. But also here's something that like exists in the world that has been a game changer for you. Right. Like I feel like a lot of times I'll speak for me. I, I feel like, all right, I should be able to navigate this with my mind, right? Like control everything with my thoughts, just control the thought patterns and everything's better. And there's so much merit to that. And, And I'm a big proponent of that as a mindfulness educator and someone that practices, right? It is a big part of, but sometimes you just need an aid of some kind that mm-hmm. doesn't come from your internal resources. Mm-hmm. And I'm not weak for wanting them or trying them out, right? It's right. just there to help me get a better night's sleep. So I just love and appreciate you for acknowledging that sometimes, yeah, okay, it's changing the narrative, but also there's this awesome tool, like a weighted blanket that's gonna help me feel safe and secure and more cozy and be able to sleep longer. Yeah. And what has, well, first you're welcome. And thank you for saying that. Uh, also, I think just saying it out loud, Hey, I'm anxious right now. Hey, I had a rough night sleeping, talking about it, just saying it as is with net, no negative, no positive, just as is and therapy and medication. And if you need the medication, there's no shame in that. And that took me a while to accept as well. Um, Sometimes you can talk yourself out of it. Sometimes it's a chemical imbalance. And someone said to me that I say to myself as a reminder, and I can share this with everyone, Mm -hmm. the brain is an organ, just like anything else. If someone who has an insulin deficiency is diabetic, they're going to need to take insulin to help that organ produce the correct amount of sugar in their body. And sometimes if you have less dopamine in your body, you might need some medication to help your brain because it's an organ as well. Woo! All so this we, we didn't talk about this. And shine. We yeah. forgot to talk about sparkle and shine. This mm-hmm. just means like, woo, we feel you. Our heart sees your heart. Yeah. I mean, brava. Yeah. <laughs> and I totally shout out I to mean, my school psychologist friend Anne for yes. sharing that with me. Thanks, Anne. Good job, Anne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's I mean, it's so true. And like as you're saying that, right? Like, we are definitely like, hey, you meet your needs with what's gonna work for you, right? Um, and I've, I've had my own time with meds and not with meds. And I noticed differences both for better and for worse and both on and off. Um, but as you were saying that piece, it, it's like, who even started the stigma? Like, why, why? Like, we're not talking about like pain pills, which again, those people with chronic pain, fine. Right. But that's off topic. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, who started the stigma about like, if you have a deficiency in your brain, like don't get help for it, right? Like pull yourself up by your your bootstraps or whatever. Like, it's just so weird whoever started that. And, and I'm, I'm with you. Like it's an organ deal with it the way you would deal with any other organ because you're never going to feel shame for taking your insulin. Right. You never feel shame for going to chemo. It's something that you need. Yes, exactly. I think having that conversation more often is going to be helpful for people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just going back to the beginning of, of our conversation, which is just like, we all needed more reminders and consistently need more reminders that we're not alone in our experience period. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether it be with just having anxiety, I love the way you said, you know, sometimes just stating my experience plainly 
is like step one to healing from it, right? Or just being able to deal with it or get through it. Get through um, it. Exactly. Love, love, love. Okay. Um, so talk to us more about coping strategies. You know, so far, obviously you just gave that perfectly said impassioned like couple of moments talking about um the value of medication for you. Um, you mentioned therapy. So like, what are some of the other kinds of things that um, are your go-tos in terms of coping with your anxiety when it comes up? I would also say sharing it with the people around you, sharing it with your husband, your uh, mom, friends, whoever you're with that you trust that you could just say, I'm feeling really anxious right now. Give me a minute. Or, oh God, today was really rough or I had a rough night and talking about it with them and hoping they give you the grace and understand what's going on with you. I think that's been helping me too. And uh, another tool I feel that I've found helpful is just listing, whether verbally or writing it down, just specific items I'm grateful for. Um, I'm grateful that I'm here in my beautiful, calm apartment. I'm grateful that I got home safely today because the traffic was insane. Uh, I'm grateful that I get to have turkey burgers tonight. It's just the listing of the gratitude. Um, I'm thankful for Downton Abbey being on Amazon Prime so I can rewatch it. Yes. Specific items like that. The listing. That's so exciting. That'll be, I have to talk to you about that after we're done recording. I'm so excited about that. Good. So good. So I love these because um, they sound like they anchor you into the present, right? So you said like you share, you talk about it, right? And so, yeah, you're telling other people how you're feeling in this moment, but you're also telling yourself, right? You're like, I have anxiety right now. I'm experiencing anxiety. Um, maybe I need a break right now, or I need my blanket or I need whatever. Um, but that experience is in the present, right? And at the very beginning, you were talking about how a lot of the anxiety shows up as like, you know, uh, worried thoughts about the future or like the unknown or whatever that is. And so the the stating what is in the moment sounds very like embodied, like here's what's happening right now. And then also like the gratitude list, right? Like that brings you here into the moment, even if it's like I'm having turkey burgers later, it's like, it's still that anchoring thing that brings you now like, oh, I feel grateful or I feel excited for that experience. And, and so I love both of those because it sounds just really powerful in the anchoring you to the present when our minds want to get like super swirly whirly and think about everything else. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a job. It's kind of like a job in and of itself. And sometimes you do better, you have a good day and sometimes you don't. And I guess accepting that that's okay is part yeah. of it. Don't ask me how I'm going to feel at 10 30 at night when I'm trying to fall asleep later, but right. for right now <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. And another tool I forgot to mention that is a big one. Um, you've probably heard it, a uh, game changing book called the power of now by Eckhart Tolle mm -hmm. and that practice and almost like relearning the alphabet. It's like relearning <laughs> a new way to talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I talk for a living. So what are you going to do? I love Part of that, my relearning a new way to talk to yourself. I mean, I, I also want to just acknowledge too the sort of the yin and yang of what you shared too. It's sort of like um, describing how you're feeling in the moment, right? And sometimes it isn't a good thing. You may not necessarily turn to your spouse or your mom or whoever and say, I'm feeling really excited right now or I'm feeling really happy. 
maybe you do. And that's great. But like, you know, describing your experience when it's a not a not very comfortable experience is, I think, sometimes a harder, a bigger practice for us. Um, and I so I just love this sort of, you know, the yin and yang with that versus also listing the things that you're grateful for. Because while, yes, both of them are super anchoring to your experience right now, you did mention something that didn't happen yet, right? It's like you can have that preemptive gratitude for something that you're about to experience, like mm-hmm. eating dinner when we're done podcasting. Um, and I also think it's just a great way for you to, or for when I say you, I mean for all of us, really, to um, be reflective on even though we're anxious or we're anxious people, we're anxiety warriors, we still have so many wonderful things in our lives to be grateful for. And remembering those amazing things and those little things are sometimes what gets us through those really tough moments or those really tough days. It's like, oh yeah, but I'm also, I also have this, this, and this. Yeah. And the little things are the big things. Yeah. And it's like, it's not placative to say, I'm going to pause here and list three things I'm grateful for if it works for you. Right. Like at the same time, it's like, you don't want to maybe hear from your mom or anyone like, oh, just be grateful for all the things you have, because that's kind of like, Hey, I'm having a tough moment. Don't tell me to be grateful. I know when I'm supposed to be grateful, but I might be projecting a little bit. Sorry. But (laughs) I just, I feel like, you know, it's just a great reminder that like the things that we do for ourselves can have a little bit of a yin and yang energy. It's like, we can be, remember that we're lucky and that we've got lots of things that we can be grateful for while also knowing, you know, that um, anxiety is normal and it's a feeling just like any other and we'll get through it. Absolutely. Nothing that you feel in one moment doesn't mean that you're ungrateful or minimizes Mm -hmm. the rest. So the not minimizing one feeling with something irrelevant is a part of the practice as well. Mm -hmm. I I mean, that's so powerful, right? Even though we're having like the anxiety, it's not giving that all of the attention and minimizing all of the other experiences that we have or the other emotions that we have in the moment or throughout the day. I just, I love that. Mm -hmm. All right. How would you um, describe your relationship to anxiety these days? Like if you could put a word or a phrase on it. Some we've had a few people like offer up a Facebook status <laughs> with their relationship to their anxiety. Like what comes up for you when you think about it? Uh, relationship status. It's complicated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's complicated. I would want to put divorced, but you know, it's complicated. Ever and never ending. Um, yeah. I would say I'm aware of it. It still scares the shit out of me makes me sick but I'm aware of it I like to think of it as like a really annoying neighbor or tenant who's never going to move out and you just kind of have to be like all right you know Mr. Smith is really being a jerk today Mr. Smith is quiet and and do the best you can with him yeah you gotta tolerate him knowing the interactions will change but I love that He's there. He's not going anywhere. Right. Right. Now I'm just thinking about what Mr. Smith might look like. I feel like he's in the basement apartment, right? Like, I feel like he's in the basement apartment for some reason. No, he's the one walking above you while you're trying to sleep. Yeah, stomping on the the ceiling. Or or playing, you know, heavy metal at 9 (laughs) a.m. 
Wow. Okay. See, in my mind, Mr. Smith went straight to like an older guy, but heavy metal could be a varying age. Who knows? But yeah, variety of ages. That's good. 9 a.m. I, like I would it. take 5.30 a.m. when I'm trying to just slowly get up calmly. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You don't need him screaming along to his heavy metal. So good. <laughs> I just love the idea, too. It's just like I, I think it's it's fun to put like a face or an, a, a set of imagery to some of the less fun experiences that we have, like anxiety, Um, to just sort of, you know, remember that like, we can have humor <laughs> and uh, that could be helpful too. And no, no hate against heavy metal. That was just the first thing that popped into my head. It could it's be loud. A- totally fine. Yeah. Loud is well, powerful, but a lot of people find it coping with it uh, to help cope with their anxiety. So to each their own. Yeah. To each their own. Exactly. Just maybe don't blur it at five 30 in the morning when you have neighbors that live below you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A good rule of thumb. There was some everyone. Taylor Swift first. Mm-mm. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> that's not that's not better. Not in my mind, anyway. Oh no! Okay, I mean, I I would take Taylor over heavy metal. I, yes. Oh, a hundred percent. you Hundred. Okay. Um, if you could step back in time and speak to a younger version of yourself, what kind of advice would you offer? Ah, <sighs> uh, there's so much, but we. I know we only have a little bit of time. Um, I would definitely say now knowing the language better. Um, to know that setting up a boundary is okay. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make you selfish or weird. And comparing less because the comparing, oh, she has this, she has that. I don't have this yet. I don't have that. How? What's wrong with me? The less comparing and the trusting myself more. Like there's something, there's something wrong with the situation or he's not right. Stop trying to make it work just because you want a boyfriend or just because you want this job. If it doesn't feel right and your gut is telling you, then trusting it for sure. I think I would definitely say that to myself and a few other things too. Yeah. So powerful, right? And so hard, right? Like to trust yourself. And then be like, wait, is this real? Is this anxiety? Should I say, should I go? Should I, you know, like whatever the overthinking. that. Yes, the overthinking it. Is, and, but it's like, you're right. Like we all have that inner knowing, that inner ability to like trust ourselves that we are actually seeing the, 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 the experience clearly, right? And that if we just listen to that inner voice, um, but that's scary too. Anyway, I love, yeah. I love it. It's so yeah, powerful. Is it your voice or is it your anxiety? Talking? Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's such a practice for us warriors to know the difference. It takes mm-hmm. so much effort to know the difference, so much practice and self-questioning and journaling or meditating or all the things to be like, what is this moment right now? Is this my truth? Is this how I really feel? Or is this just like your anxiety saying, you should be afraid of this because of all these other reasons. I mean, it's, I'm glad Abby that you mentioned that you like hammered home that it's hard. Like it Mm -hmm. sounds easy in practice. Oh, just trust yourself. Trust your gut. Trust your intuition. It's like these things go great on postcards and, you know, inspirational (laughs) posters, but like putting them into real life is not just like super duper easy for all of us. So, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like that is just so relatable. Like for all of us, yes. like our younger warriors needed to hear that, like repeatedly, and then how to do it. And then how to do it. That's <laughs> the key. That's the key. Okay. If you could 
define the phrase anxiety warrior? How would you define it? What does being an anxiety warrior mean to you? Uh, well, since your podcast is called Anxiety Warriors, I would definitely say a badass. Because <laughs> yeah. right. a warrior is a badass who is brave, goes into battle every day, knowing that it might be a really easy day or it might be the worst day ever, but they face it anyway because they have to. Mm. It's kind of like that job that you reference, like anxiety is its own job, right? And I, I love it. Like you have to show up, you have to go to work, right? It's like, how do you do it? And like, as a badass, like. Because you will, because you've done it before and you'll do it again. Yeah. That's taking the screaming and maybe crying, but you know, you can. Yeah. Mm, You've done it before. You can do it again. Yeah. It's just such a great reminder of everything you're saying just reminds me of just strength, right? It's just like being and feeling strong, even when we're we're not feeling strong. Just having that inner belief that like you're strong because you've got, you've shown up every day. You've strong because you continue to do the thing and all the hard things. Right. Right. And so like on the days when we're feeling not at our strongest, remembering that all the hard stuff we've come through, right. Is, is, I mean, just such a powerful reminder. So thank you. And you, and saying it to yourself, yeah, today's pretty rough and you're, it's okay. You feel like crap and it's okay. And it's okay. Yeah. Today's rough and it's okay. And it's will be okay still. Yeah. Beautiful. Added part. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing your story and so much of your um, experience with us. But now it's time to be silly for a few minutes to play a little bit. Anxiety can sometimes be big and heavy, um, but we also are strong and fun. And we can um, play at the end of our episodes. We love to play with our guests. So are you ready for a little lightning round? Let's do it. Okay, here comes the official sting. Romy, are you ready for round? Lightning. Okay, so every time I say lightning, Abby dies. Add it on like after a year, and I'd still need a sound effect. Need a boom. <laughs> Ooh, we we, we really need a boom. You know, yeah. every time we we joke around about like creating an official sting, we just come up shy of actually doing it. Yeah, <laughs> that's our like um, what do you call it? Our procrastination station. Those are those are the things that we like. We're like, oh yeah, we'll do it next time, and then we just never do it. We we kind of enjoy being in the moment with our stings. Yes, it's a. Yeah. And it's, it's, okay. A, and it's, it's okay. okay. Yes. It's okay. They're organic but stings. They're organic stings. I do like the idea of having like a boom at the end. Yeah. Though. Maybe we got lightning. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're just going to go back and forth and ask you a handful of fun, get to know you type of questions. You do not need to answer at lightning speed. You can take a pause, take a breath, answer in your own time. All right. You ready? Yes. Okay. Um, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Okay, so I saw that you like the Golden Girls. Okay, so I I grew up watching them, but I don't remember them that well right now. So if you could have one trait from each Golden Girl, what trait would you want from each one? Excellent if I question. could or if I do? 
Oh, oh. you, you interpret see. it how you want. Uh, oof, good question. I, I would say Blanche's comfort with herself. Mm-hmm. She's very sensual and proud. Um, Dorothy's smart and common sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Rose's sweetness, sometimes to a fault. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely Sophia's mouth. Because <laughs> yes. oh. she's Italian like me after all. And she's a good cook. So that's why I, I tried it. Emily. I love it. Okay. I'm going to, this isn't my question, but now just for fun. What about, what what kind of quality from Stan would you take? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Stan, I would say, um, even though he was such a, uh, a yutz, is that what they call him? Yeah. Uh, I would say he doesn't give up. Mm, he shows up. Good. I give him, I'll give him that's a positive. I give him the credit for not taking the hints. He still shows, he still keeps coming back. Yes. Dedicated. He doesn't give Aww. up. I love that. I, I'm yeah. also a big Golden Girls fan. So we'll have to have a separate conversation about that show. The best. Um, great question, Abby. Love that. Okay. If you were an item of clothing, what would you be and why? Uh, socks. Because okay. um, they come in all cute colors. You don't have to worry about your weight with socks and uh, my feet are always cold. So boom. Perfect. I like it. I like yeah. it. That was a fast one too. I feel like I yeah. would have overthanked that for <laughs> thank. <laughs> overthanked that. Overthink. <laughs> um, okay. So I also saw that you speak three languages. So my first question is super easy. What are the three languages that you speak? English, Italian, mm-hmm. and Spanish. Okay. Now, if you could magically like go to sleep tonight, wake up tomorrow and have a fourth language that you could speak fluently, what would it be? Um, that's a good question. Uh, probably, uh, I, I would say Chinese just because China is such a big importer and exporter mm-hmm. and we have so many people from China and New York. I would want to be able to communicate with this huge yeah. part of the population. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Sounds good. Mandarin. Love to. Mandarin. Mandarin. Yeah. Yep. It's a good skill. It's a good skill. It's amazing that you have three, three even three languages. That is awesome. Um, okay. What was your first car and did your car have a name or anything? Uh, my first car was a blue 1997 Volvo, a 960. And I know the model because my dad loved Volvos and he, oh, we had about like six altogether. And it was so cool. It had a 9X, that's a New York, I think it's 9X or Bell Atlantic phone, car phone in the car. No way. And my dad was so awesome. He paid for it, for it to work every month just for him to call me and be like, where are you? Are you coming home? <laughs> call me. Where are you? So I thought it was so cool. I had a car phone. Um, and I got that when I was 16. So that Amazing. was my first car. Oh that my gosh. Didn't have a name. That's okay. Does your current car have a name? Does anything have a name that's weird that maybe wouldn't have a name other than Mr. Uh, Smith? I yeah, had we a, Mr. My 
first car that I bought for myself was a Toyota Camry and his name was Mr. Feeney. Oh, yay. From like Boy Meets World, Mr. Feeney? Yes. Okay. I mean, what yeah. other Mr. Feeney could there be? Come I'm on. just making sure. You don't, you never know. Maybe she had an English teacher named Mr. Feeney too, you know? like Fair, fair. I drove yeah. to college and, you know, I'm smart now, Mr. Feeney, so. Yes, I love that. He was, an, he was like the best character in that show. Um, also, I my first car that I bought myself was a Toyota Camry as well. Love, it was love, love. It was so big. Oh, what was that? It was a boat. It was huge. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I felt like mine was average size. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead, Ab. Last question All right. for you. Final question. So um, before we started recording, I was saying how I very much love and appreciate speech therapists. I learned a lot from them in regards to like how to like work with children and teach children. And I even like would do like hand symbols to teach kids how to sound stuff out to like help them read after like I worked in that school. I felt very empowered with the knowledge from speech uh, therapists. So my question is, what is something you wish more people knew about speech therapists? That we just don't play games. Mm -hmm. That's so bad a specific goal that we're targeting and the game is supplemental. The game is a motivating strategy. It's a byproduct of the goal that we're targeting. Mm. And, or sometimes the game itself has goals that we're working on because a lot of the kids they are like, Oh, she's the teacher. I get to play games with. And that's fine if that's what they think. But when we're working with them, you know, today we're going to work on synonyms or, um, last week, remember when we were working on con with conjunction words and making your sentences longer and we were playing with the train set and we added an extra train, stuff like that. There is a purpose and a reason to the games that you see us playing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very valuable. Yeah. Play is how children learn. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Amen. Say mm -hmm. it louder. Yeah. Play is how children learn. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that so, so much. I want, I want all the warriors, whether your parents or teachers or whoever, just remember that what teachers do, what speech therapists do, what everyone is doing in the lives of children has a value. We're not just there to play and be silly and have fun, but playing in silliness and fun are helpful in children's Absolutely. development. And with the older kids too, like the older kids should be allowed to play like mm -hmm. fifth graders, sixth graders, they're still children. They're 10 and 11. They should still be able to play and it's okay. Yeah. Ooh, so good. So good. Okay. I wish that were the last question. Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> Final <laughs> question. I, don't want about that, but I, <laughs> I know it's be a soapbox moment for all of us. Um, do you have a favorite midnight snack or, or you could choose between that or just a favorite comfort food? What kind of food do you think of when you're like, just looking for something that's comforting. Uh, probably not a snack, but anything with cheese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cheese what burger, kind of cheese? Cheesecake, cheddar, oh, cheddar, uh, <laughs> cheese popcorn. Uh, <laughs> anything Yum. with cheese? I don't know. Sounds I don't good. Know. Before you said popcorn, I honestly, you said the P.O. sound, and I thought you were going to say popsicle, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Tell no, me more about no, that. No, no, I'm more of a salty. I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah gotcha makes sense all right well that was sort of a lame question to end on <laughs> but that's what I had written down and I stuck to it 
Um, oh my gosh, Romy, thank you so much for getting down in the mud and playing with us here at the end of the episode. Um, yeah. And obviously for sharing your anxiety warrior journey with us. We really, really appreciate you. Likewise. Thank you again. My pleasure. Yeah. Before we have you share with our listeners um, how they can find you and connect with you on social media or wherever, um, we like to ask all of our guests to share a win of the week, something big or small that felt like a win. doesn't have to have happened this week. It could just be something recently. What's your win? Uh, I would definitely say getting uh, two big orders in that were stressing me out. They were on a to-do list for a few weeks and I kept like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And I had to get them done. So I finally got them done. So two teachers that these gifts were for, they're getting them and I'm very excited to gift it to them. That is awesome. That is awesome. Everyone, well, Romy's about to tell you how to find her, but everyone needs to find her right away and and get something fun for people in your life. Okay. Um, Tell everyone where they can connect with you. The best way is to follow me on Instagram at charteachery, C-H-A-R-T-E-A-C-H-E-R-I-E, charteachery. Mm-hmm. And it'll be in the show notes. Everyone mm-hmm. needs to go follow Romy on Instagram. Some really cool gifts for educators and people who influence children. So it's the perfect uh, time to check it out now, right? It's like getting around the holiday time. Show yes, those teachers you. how much you appreciate them while also supporting another teacher. Like it's exactly. a win-win for everyone. And we know what you like. And it's never too early to put in a holiday pre-order because things do get busy and there is turnaround time. So absolutely, if you want, shoot me a message or charteachery.com too. Awesome. Yes. Support that female-owned small business people. Do it. Do it now. All right, Romy. Thank you so much. Thank you, girls. Have the best day. Thanks. You too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Woo. Warriors obsessed with this conversation. Mm -hmm. So So fun talking to Romy. Yes. I just, I love, I personally, I mean, I know you've met her before, but for me, like there always is a little bit of like jittery excitement nerves whenever we're like getting someone on that I've never interacted with before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I trust, I trust you, right? Like you're, you're bringing, so like there's more excitement, right? And yeah. I just, I loved this conversation. I loved connecting with her. Um, like I, I even loved at the beginning how she was like, yeah, it's really is nice to like find other warriors. Cause it can be isolate. Like everything about her. I was just like, ah, give me more. But, um, yeah. I live far away. So, so I only get these snippets of, of zoom combos. Right. No, well, it's funny that you mentioned because it's like I only met Romy the one time yeah. and we only spoke for like 10 minutes, not even. And it was after the little networking event was over. And I'm not even I don't even remember how it came up, but I feel like I'm oh, I feel like talking about anxiety comes up in most of my conversations in the last few years. Maybe it's because I co-host a podcast about one. Hmm, could that be it? But it's just funny because so many people, when I do mention the podcast, are like, oh, I have anxiety. And without mm-hmm. even saying, I'd love to be a guest. And then obviously my next go-to question is, do you want to be a guest on our right. show? But even when that part maybe doesn't come up, a lot of people say, I have anxiety too, right? And it's just like, yeah. So I feel like, and Romy said it several times during the conversation today, how bringing up our experience 
not only helps us to feel less alone and isolated, but it may actually help to serve the person we're speaking to or the people that we're speaking to, to feel less alone and isolated. Then maybe they feel safe to share their experience, you know? Yeah. I mean, who knew that talking about your anxiety could actually bring about connection and community? And Not me in the anxiety. 20s and lower right. your anxiety. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad you said not me in my 20s. Right. Because that was a big part of our conversation, too, which is um, one of my first takeaways was how, like so many of our guests, including the two of us, we learned that we had anxiety years after we had started experiencing mm-hmm. anxiety. Right. We experienced it in childhood. It wasn't labeled for us. There was no words for it. We didn't have the 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 types of support that are available now or at least spoken about more now and more visible and um, offered a little bit more freely from a younger age, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but I loved I loved learning that she only really kind of labeled her experience as anxiety in the last like three years, I think she said, right here in her 30s. Mm-hmm. So and she said that she started that she remembers in reflective mode that her anxiety began in kindergarten. And it's like, there's a huge gap there. What a divide. And I know she mentioned how she wondered too, what, how different her life might've been if she had been given those tools, the language beginning from an earlier part of her life. Totally. Having that label does so, so much. Right. And like, I'm not going to get in the conversation about labels because we know I have mixed feelings about the labeling. Right. But in regards to like anxiety or like for me, like with ADHD, like anxiety, I got the diagnosis early. And so it's been a part of me for so long, but only recently talked about ADHD. I got the diagnosis too, but I didn't learn until my thirties, the the way it shows up differently for women. And Mm -hmm. so I had a similar experience where like, oh, wow, like my whole life, all of these things that weren't anxiety, right. They were other issues, like nonstop talking, like was from having ADHD. Like it just puts things in perspective and kind of like, for me, like settles the insides a little bit. It's like, oh, this makes way more sense than there's something wrong with me. Right. Like (laughs) it's also a little bit more like, um, specific than just something's wrong with me. That could mean a lot of things. Right. 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 And then it's like, oh, this makes sense. Like my behaviors, my patterns, my thought, all of that now makes sense with a label like ADHD. And it's something that can be Right. And it's something that can be navigated. Yes. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, so my first takeaway also comes from the very beginning of the convo. And it was when she was like, Hey, I appreciate connecting with other anxiety warriors. And, you know, she was like, you know, it can be isolating or, um, she might not have said, I, I can't remember the word she used, but like this journey, the anxiety journey is lonely. Right. And even though mental health is getting quite the spotlight in the last few years, mostly thanks to our podcast. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. That's a yeah. joke, anyone who thought I was serious. Um, <laughs> but but in the last few years, like, you know, it's getting a lot more of attention, mental health and anxiety, right? It's still so easy to feel alone in your experience, right? And so I really mm-hmm. just appreciated her acknowledging how nice it is to connect with others because sometimes anxiety doesn't want us to connect with others. Sometimes anxiety is feeling socially anxious and doesn't want to connect or sometimes anxiety is so overwhelming. It's hard to connect. Right. And, but, but when we connect with others, there's still this, like this connection, like I get it. Like I might not have the same experience as you, but I know how hard it is. Like we are community. Right. And so I just appreciated her sharing that because I just think it's really important to, to, 
to remind myself, to remind everyone else that like it is lonely, even with all of the attention on mental health these days. Right. Um, and thoughts like what's wrong with me or God, I should do better. Or like the shame that comes with it can still happen even when we have our labels and, and we have the support. And so I just really appreciated her acknowledging that like nice connection at the beginning. Cause I definitely think our podcast has helped me feel way less lonely in my experience because sometimes when I'm having anxiety, I'm like, oh no, I got a whole community of people that feel this way too. And it sucks, but I'm not alone in it. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. I think my final takeaway, there's so many things I want to say. I know (laughs) trying to, you know, organize the the thoughts is hard enough for my brain, but at the same time, it's like, I want to say that like 20 things are my final takeaway. Um, but trying to narrow it down, I think the overall message that Romy kept delivering was not just what you just said. And that was a huge part of my, um, of my takeaway as well was the feeling less alone part, but it was how often she talked about changing up her perspective Mm -hmm. as far as you know, reframing her thoughts and flipping the script and changing the narrative and reminding herself that she's a badass and that she's strong and that if she was able to get through it before, she'll still be able to get through it now. And just the way she talked about showing up, right? Mm-hmm. So many of our warriors have talked about that too. And and I meant to mention that while she was with us, you know, while we were still talking was when she talked about like anxiety is like a job, like, you, you, but you wake up and you go, you go do the things, you live life and you find those moments of gratitude and you write those lists of gratitude. And I, I yeah, so I just appreciated that reminder too. It's like, life is really freaking hard. The things we are asked to cope with on on a daily basis is super tricky and challenging and we aren't alone in it. And we also have the power to flip the script and change the narrative for ourselves and say things like, I can get through this because I always have before and it's going to be okay. Yeah. And then wrap yourself up in the weighted blanket. Obviously. Obviously. I love that. I love that. I need one Um, of those. I wish they were a little cheaper. (laughs) Oh, I found a nice one. I'll, I'll tell you where it was from after this. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So my final takeaway, I guess, kind of connects to the one you just said. Um, in the sense where when she said anxiety is a job, right. Um, so stuck out to me like Mm. that. I was like, yeah, it is. Right. And then like, when you think of it that way, it's like, all right, we got to go to a job nine, five, whatever it is. Right. And we have to show up for it. You know, like we have to be there. And sometimes, you know, a day at work, I'm thinking of like teaching in school. Sometimes it's just total chaos. And the only thing you can do is like take a breath. Right. And then sometimes things go super, super well. And you can like be grateful that it was a smooth day. Um, And so just the way that she said anxiety is a job, it just made me really think about it in the day to day and how Mm. it is like showing up to work and yeah, you have an idea of what to expect from work, but also, especially as teachers, like you have no idea what to expect. Right. (laughs) And, and anxiety is kind of like mixes in that. Right. And so I just really appreciated the analogy, the metaphor, right. The statement, Mm -hmm. the, because it just, it allowed me to see anxiety in another way through another lens that like, I very much appreciate it's a job. I'm showing up for it. I don't know what to expect from it. Um, but also I know that just like I go to work and I can handle it, I can handle anxiety too. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. I had, when I was a camp director, my former assistant director used to always say, I can do anything for six weeks. (laughs) Like that, and that for some reason, and we haven't worked together in so many years, but she's still like, she's still a friend, but that sentence sticks out in my mind sometimes when I'm having a hard day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Margo, you can do anything for 30 minutes. It's going to be fine. Like just, just as a quick fun aside, I taught a library class today and it was a total shit show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the kids were off the wall. I, we were joking before we hit record about like you know just what it's like to work with kids, right? The nuances and how sometimes, and you just said it. Sometimes the day is crazy. Sometimes it goes really smooth. You know what to expect, but you don't. I've taught this class a million times, and every day is different. Every day is nuanced. Mm-hmm. And at, like there was a moment where I was just like, ah, I felt my anxiety start to spike. I'm like, I don't have a control over this situation. And then it was just like, okay, but I will be fine. I will. Yeah. I can do anything for 30 minutes. You, you've got this, right? Yes. And changing the narrative, it does make such a huge difference. So yes. that was my fun aside. But anyway, thank you, Romy, so much yes. for being a guest on our show. We really, really love and appreciate you. Warriors, if you'd like to connect with us for any reason, jump on over to Instagram, join our fam at Anxiety Warriors Podcast. Shoot us an email at anxietywarriorspodcast at gmail.com. You can shout out your wins of the week, big or small. Share any topic ideas you have for us, things you'd love to hear us share about on the show. Or if you think you'd be an amazing guest on our show, let us know. Let's get you on the calendar and help you tell your anxiety journey. Please take a moment and smash that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in right now. You can like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. All of our episodes are uploaded for you over there. And if you're feeling extra generous around the holidays coming up, jump into our Threadless shop and grab yourself something fun for yourself as a warrior, for the fellow anxiety warriors in your life to show support for our show and just to like look cool and have cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to look cool and have cool stuff and support a small podcast business? Uh I wouldn't even call us a business, but you know, I would support a small podcast. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Support your fellow warriors who are, you know, delivering the messages every week. Mm -hmm. Showing up for you. Um, Thank you all so much for going on this journey with us. We are so grateful we get to do this with you. Till next time.